It is Thursday, December the 3rd, 2020. A week out from a Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving? Jesus fucking Christ. Thanksgiving? Marked by masks and a lack of stress, really. That's all I've got. This is episode number 53, and... Uh, I knew that as this thing went on, and this dumb gag progressed at the beginning of every episode, we'd come to a dead spot, and here we are. 53. Locally, there aren't many 53s that I'd care to talk about. Uh, more recently, there's a Kyle Van Noy, meh. Historically, uh, Joe Klein of the Celtics, but meh. Uh, historically, across sports... Bill Romanowski, Artis Gilmore, Jeff Skinner, ugh, uh, slim pickings here, folks. So we'll go with Super Bowl 53. Patriots won that one. Terrific, but it was a horribly boring game. So that fits the bill, yeah? Yeah. This is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. I have a, there's a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen or more likely to play, play this in the background while you're uh, driving home from work or taking a shit or mowing the lawn or whatever else. Either way, it's appreciated. Thank you very much. So, we are getting close uh, to the end of this uh, dreadful year, which is something I'm sure you've, you've heard 8,000 times, but, oh, 2020 sucks, man. Yeah, well, such is life. What can you do? As you are listening to this, uh, if you are listening on Thursday the 3rd, uh, I'm either... Uh, at a resort on the sunny and beautiful island of Antigua, or I'm in my basement working from home. You see, as typically goes in my life, there was a flaw in the uh, the pre-trip COVID testing, and my results came back as, quote, invalid, end quote. Yeah. Uh, my wife, negative, no problem. But mine, invalid. Jam that fucking... It was a drive-through, self-done test. The swab was... Uh, I followed the directions to a T. I jammed that fucking thing up to my eyeballs. Sneezed a bunch. Was fucking sobbing. It was incredibly uncomfortable. So I was very confident in the in the... 
the execution of the test on my part. But apparently the handling of said test by the lab, which is what I'm going to, I'm going to blame the lab here. Not me. No, 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 no. I couldn't have fucked this up. Uh, but yeah, invalid. It was CVS drive through you know, CVS says they're going to call and, and, and tell you what, what happened with this, but I'm not expecting a fucking phone call from these people. Uh, but look, to be completely honest and honestly surprisingly honest i am actually i'm i'm mostly okay with it at this point i did have a minor meltdown at the time when i figured out what all this fucking shit meant and came down to the basement rode the bike for a while sweat out a little hostility cleared my head the more i thought about it the more i realized look i am very lucky to only need this test for a vacation, not something more serious like, you know, I, a family member has it and I was exposed or, um, you know, and that I just don't have the virus. So it still really fucking sucks. Don't get me wrong, but I've already told my wife, I said that some, if something happens that I'm not able to get into the country... Uh, I'm going to have another test uh, tonight, and hopefully that rapid test will be accepted. I'm not counting on it, to be perfectly honest, but we'll see. But I've already told her, I said, look, if I can't get in, she's still going. Uh, This nonsense costs us a lot of fucking money, and the resort has a rock-solid 100% no-refund policy without like a month's notice. So one of us is getting there regardless, and and she's earned it, uh, to be fair. So if if that's the case, then I will be very upset, very disappointed, but what can you do? So hopefully uh, the next time I, I, I talk to you folks, I'll have better news. Not that you give a fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it is what it is. So, as I mentioned last week, uh, I'm thrilled to have another very interesting person on the show, and uh, I want to introduce all you folks to Rich Leaf. Rich is a legend in the uh, lower Hudson Valley region, just outside of New York City, has been involved in the uh, local sports community there for, for close to 40 years now. Sadly, he is a Yankee fan and a Manchester United supporter. Uh, but as he says in the interview, not everyone's perfect. Uh, we talk about his time uh, as an as an official, as a PA announcer, uh, a, a PA announcer for uh, Iona basketball, and uh, Rick Patino being hired by Iona. So uh, I hope you find him uh, as engaging and as interesting and just nice. Just comes off as a nice guy. Um, so I hope you enjoy this interview. Um, here he is, uh, Rich Leaf. Welcome, uh, everybody. Complaints and observations. I do have a guest today. Very excited to have a guest. Uh, he is the voice of Iona Gales basketball. Uh, the Metro at the hold on. Let me get this right. The Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, uh, a 2017 inductee into the Westchester Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, more importantly, he was a social studies teacher, retired after 34 years, 
and I'm certain is a glutton for punishment as he willfully officiates soccer and has done so <laughs> since 1981. Uh, I am absolutely thrilled to have uh, Rich Leaf on the show. Thank you very much for agreeing to participate to this nonsense, Rich. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. All right. So um, we were connected by uh, my quasi-associate producer and your nephew, Dave Altman. So uh, a, a, we'll throw that out into the ether here so that Dave is appreciative. So thank you very much, Dave. Um, as you can tell, I did uh, a lot of serious research for this, and I have found basically that uh, you've been involved in uh, the local community in, in the uh, lower Hudson Valley area for a long time. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because like I, I said before we started recording, I like interesting people and you seem like an interesting guy. So well, thank you. Give me just a little bit of background on, you know, how you started. Let's, let's talk about soccer first because uh, my, my four or five listeners don't really care about soccer. I happen to love soccer. So <laughs> let's talk about how you got started officiating soccer and why you've done it for so long. Well, I, I started with soccer actually uh, early in my teaching career. Uh, they started, I taught middle school and they started a modified soccer team at the school, uh, seventh and eighth graders, and they needed a coach. And uh, hey, I said, fine, I will, uh, I'd love to coach and, and I enjoyed doing it. And I had a very good friend of mine uh, that was uh, on the same floor as me. And uh, he was actually a, a baseball guy and, and got involved in soccer officiating. And uh, he said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you join us? Uh, no practices, no bus rides. Uh, yeah, there'll be some aggravation, but uh, after the game is over, you get in the car and you go home. Okay. And so I, I took the course and uh, became a soccer official and have been doing it ever since. And it's, it's something I enjoy. Um, it's great exercise. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's a few bucks, uh, towards the end of November for Christmas or traveling or, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I just, uh, just kept doing it. I was president of the local officials association for many, many years, just stepped down last year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, interesting that I'm on with you tonight because, uh, yesterday at this time I was wrapping up the, uh, the 2020 season, which started late because of the uh, COVID, uh, pandemic and thus ended late. Uh, so I got in about 25 games and uh, I think I left it all on the field, as they say. I probably, <laughs> if I had to do a game tonight, I probably couldn't have done it. The, uh, the old <laughs> legs are a little sore. So it's, it's great to be sitting here nice and calm uh, talking go. with you, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how did this season go? I mean, obviously there were probably some challenges and some hiccups along the way. Well, there were, there were a lot of challenges and, uh, and everybody involved, especially the kids and the coaches and the athletic directors and the officials uh, had some obstacles, had some challenges. Uh, I'll be very honest with you, after the first couple of weeks, uh, I, was, uh, I was ready to pack it in. I was not enjoying oh. it. We, oh. were wearing, we were wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, I found it tough to run and breathe in a mask. Mm -hmm. uh, my glasses were fogging up. Yeah. Uh, now, some people would say, well, your eyesight is the same, whether your glasses are clear <laughs> or they're fogging up, uh, and, they, and they might be right. Yeah. But uh, after looking around on Amazon and everywhere else, I did find a, a solution that I could put on the glasses before the game, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they would prevent that. So that was, that was a plus. And uh, uh, about two weeks into the season, I happened to do a terrific game with a great partner, a great varsity game, two great teams, mm -hmm. went to overtime, a golden goal, and uh, 
it, it, it more or less rejuvenated me. I said, hey, oh, good. This, is, this is how it was, you know? Yeah. And uh, the first couple of weeks, it just well, there was just something missing. Mm. But uh, that one game, I think the date was October 24th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And uh, uh, from there, it, w- it was great. I just finished a stretch working uh, seven out of eight days uh, in the uh, postseason playoffs that they had. If you had told me earlier in the season I'd be working seven out of eight days, I, I said, uh, no way. But, yeah. again, I uh, just enjoyed it. Uh, and, and the exercise was great and had great partners. And as I say, everybody, everybody came together and especially the kids have to give the kids a lot of credit. You know, they're out there running around, running hard, Mm. uh, wearing a mask and, uh, uh, they did everything that anybody asked them to do. And, uh, so we, uh, we all pulled together and and we, and we had a season. So it was uh, was terrific. Yeah. And that's something I've kind of been curious myself about how these, uh, you know, high school kids have been handling this thing. So, but from everything that I've, I've read and heard about, it sounds as if for the most part, uh, all the kids handle it in a, in a very sort of mature way, which is a relief uh, in, in some regards, I'd imagine. Yes. Well, you know, the one thing that was pretty common throughout all of the games I did, uh, uh, I, I, I think the kids really appreciated being out there and mm-hmm. they appreciated the work that their coaches and their athletic directors had done. And those of us who officiated out there doing the games, not all of our officials uh, went out onto the field for various reasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to get into that now. I think we all yeah. know, know, sure. know why. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after every game, thanks ref. Thanks for being here. And it's oh, one thing I, I, I think the kids learned that uh, you can't take anything for granted. You know, yeah. it used to be school would start and they'd be out playing soccer, playing mm-hmm. football, cross country. Uh, and it was almost taken away from them. And, and, and they appreciated every game, every minute of every game that they yeah. played. And, uh, oh, that's that awesome. Was, that was a plus. That's great, Dan. I'm glad to hear that. So um, <clears throat> do you follow the sport uh, outside of your officiating at all? I do. I do. I uh, have been, I have followed a, uh, an English Premier League uh, team, Manchester Uh-oh. United. Oh, Rich. Uh, I, I may guess. have to, I have to end the, the conversation Don't right now. Don't tell me now. you're a Liverpool fan. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm, I'm a West Ham supporter. Oh, I, West Ham. Okay. Yeah, I, can I, I made that mistake. And I've, uh, in speaking of gluttons for punishment, uh, <laughs> that, that's me there. I decided to, uh, to support that club for some ungod, no, no specific oh, I- reason. Uh, just in, and I did, and now I'm ensconced in it, and I can't get out. Well, so. uh, that's great. I, it, it's good stuff, you know. Uh, Manchester United. I I had never heard of them 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, in fact, I heard of West Ham United before Manchester United. Oh. and it was one of those things, you know. Uh, every time you turn on the TV back then, and right. there was a soccer game, it was Manchester United. I guess mm-hmm. like like in foreign countries, it would be the Yankees. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's funny when you watch a game from England, you see a lot of the spectators. Uh, uh, wearing Yankee hats. Yes, very and, unfortunate uh, for those people. Yeah. They, yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, started following Man United and uh, watching their games. And uh, in fact, last spring, I, I had arranged something that I've been wanting to do for years. I was all set to go to England and go to a game at Old Trafford and then yeah. uh, another one in England, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, watched mm-hmm. them play uh, Arsenal. And uh, of course, that fell apart uh, last spring with the pandemic, like oh. many other plans so uh, I've got all the credits uh, sure. as soon as uh, it's safe to go I'm gonna go and it, it won't cost me a dime because I got the go. airline and the hotel and the, and the ticket credits so uh, uh, as soon as it's all clear uh, that, that's where I'll be awesome uh, very jealous that's uh, that's a trip I've wanted to to make for quite some time so soon I'll get out there pretty soon uh, 
looking forward to that. Um, so sort of to, to kind of get into basketball. Now, you've been doing a uh, public address for uh, New York Public High School uh, Section 1. You did that for a while. Um, one of the things that I found very interesting in sort of reading about what you've been doing was you were doing uh, doing things for Section 1, and then something, some sort of disassociation happened. And I'm kind of curious as to uh, the impetus behind that, if you don't mind sharing, because I could not find uh, any, any real information about that. But it seemed that there was some animosity there. Am I incorrect? Uh, there was a lot of animosity and, uh, I'm just trying to get my, this, this was, uh, 2017, 2018, mm. uh, the section one championships are held at a building in, in white plains called the County center. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've been the voice of the County center since, uh, since 1981. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that was the main reason that I was inducted into the Westchester County sports hall of fame because right. the actual hall of fame is. In the Is there? Center. Okay. All right. That's what That's I thought. Right in that building. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, the powers that be, uh, for for one reason or another, uh, began to come be, be, began to come up with various excuses and reasons why we should not have these games at the county center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted control. Uh, there's just too many things to go into, Dave. But you're right. There was a lot of animosity, and especially uh, f- from the kids and their coaches, because. Uh, if you've ever been to a basketball game at the county center, a high school basketball game, boys or girls, mm-hmm. uh, for many of these youngsters, it's the biggest stage they will ever be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we've had some some people that have gone on to pro careers, Elton Brand, uh, the Williams boys from Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. uh, many others. But for the most part, for 95% of those kids, that's the biggest stage they're ever going to be on, playing right. at the county center. They've been doing it since 1933. Wow. Uh, Holy it, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it, it's a part of it, the communities get involved. I mean, it's it's a it's a Westchester thing, and now it's Westchester, Rockland, Putnam, and Duchess when they expanded uh, a section one in the eighties. And so for a year or two, uh, there were there were there were no games, uh, and it was a it was a big void, and a lot of people were upset. And yes, there was some animosity involved, but luckily, uh, cooler heads prevailed, and and, and last year. Uh, uh, the 2019, um, we, uh, or not, I should not lie, earlier this year, 2020, mm-hmm. um, we did have our normal week at the County Center. In fact, that was probably the last normal week we had because it, oh, it ended right? on Sunday, March 8th. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. And then I remember on March 9th going around trying to find some hand sanitizer <laughs> and that's when it kind of hit me because, you know, you're in the County Center all week. I mean, we've had, we have games from three o'clock until 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. like being in a, uh, in a gambling casino, you know, you have no idea. <laughs> Uh, what's going on outside? Is it daylight? Yeah. Is it nighttime? Is it raining? Sure. Is it snowing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, after that last uh, Sunday in the county center, uh, we all kind of, you know, uh, realized what what was about what to was happen. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. I, I got a. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. That it's it's weird to me. Again, not being from that area, uh, but having a general idea of how you know, special, uh, those types of games and events are for, for, like you said, 95% of these kids, it seemed to me as if, like you said, being, you know, playing games in that particular arena meant a lot more to the kids than it may have to the administrators and to like you, you, the term you use, the powers that be. 
Well, that, that was, that's what was so frustrating about it because, you know, a lot of the people that were making the decisions, they, you know, they, these, these were educators, these were administrators and, you know, they, they just couldn't see, you know, I mean, basketball in this area, when they start in November and not under normal circumstances, of course, mm. uh, everybody's goal is we want to get to the county center. Mm-hmm. Not even to say we want to win it all. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that would be nice. They give a gold ball and it's a great ceremony and it, it, it never gets old. But the goal is we want to get to the county center. And then that was kind of pulled away from people. And uh, it was, again, a lot of bitterness, a lot of disappointment. And again, uh, you, you hate to disappoint the kids. This, yeah. this was something that they pointed to. And luckily, cooler heads prevailed. Some new people got involved. And, and now it's back. This year, of course, very doubtful, but hopefully when things uh, get back to uh, normal, uh, we'll be back there for our normal week. At the awesome. Center. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, so then obviously uh, you are you do play a uh, very important role for Iona uh, as the, the, the voice of Iona basketball. And I would imagine that right now is a, a pretty exciting time uh, for for the team at the moment. So my question is, is I'm curious as to, I mean, obviously the thing that stinks is that you're not going to get the same feeling, you know, where you, you can't spend a ton of time on campus or in the building or anything like that. But um, what is the general sort of feeling, um, you know, amongst supporters and amongst the campus as to, you know, going into the new season with the exciting new coach that, that, school has well when that was uh, when that was announced and and there was a terrific coach there for 10 years or so tim clusey won right. four, yeah. four straight mac championships that's that's literally my next question I'm okay very, all right yeah. well i don't i won't get ahead of myself but when, <laughs> when, right. when rick patino was mentioned uh, to be the next coach obviously uh wow people just couldn't believe it we're getting mm-hmm. a you know a, a championship coach here and he first thing he said we want to make iona the, the gonzaga of the east and uh, he, uh, you know, he recruited some players and some, some big name players from around the country. Mm. And uh, you, you knew that the men's games were going to be, I mean, they, they draw very well as it is. But now mm. with Patino on the sideline, wow, the tickets are going to be at a premium and place is going to be packed. It's going to be great stuff. And uh, right now they're scheduled to open up next Thursday, uh, December the 3rd, I think it is. And uh There'll be no fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I've been told that uh, they want me there to announce. Oh, they nice. Want it to, they want it to sound uh, and feel mm. somewhat normal for the kids and for the right. players. And right. uh, so uh, I'm still waiting to get some direction as to exactly uh, what the protocol is. Um, um, I did have spoken to, to a few of the people there. I have a few, little idea, mm. but we'll see. Uh, and, uh, Again, maybe uh, towards the end of the season, we'll be able to allow some fans to trickle in. Uh, but uh, it's going to be very exciting. It's it's a totally different scheduling concept uh, this year. Uh, what yeah, how we- are they doing that? Is it conference only? Well, they, they do have a couple of non-conference games uh, okay. next week. Yeah. Uh, they will play uh, Merrimack University at home on, uh, on, on Thursday. And then hmm, the that Saturday, right? they will be going to Hofstra. Uh, but then it'll be uh, it'll be conference play. Uh, there might be an, a non-conference game added on. Yeah. But the way they're going to do it is they're they're going to play in, in, instead of playing a home and home series with each of the other ten max schools, they will play a two-game home series. 
So for example, the weekend of December 11th and 12th, mm -hmm. uh, Iona will be hosting Monmouth. The men, Iona men will be hosting Monmouth. And at that same time, the Iona women will go to Monmouth and play a two-game oh, okay. Friday-Saturday yeah. series. This is right. to avoid uh, some travel, and uh, I think they're hoping to use the same uh, the same officials, uh, who I hope are in shape because uh, to do yeah. two college games mm -hmm. like that back-to-back, -back, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the, the the plan right now. Mm -hmm. Again, as you know, Dave, uh, this whole thing is. Uh, is day to day, right. hour to hour. Right. Uh, you know, again, getting back to the soccer situation, I, I had situations where you know, two o'clock, getting ready to go to a game and getting mm -hmm. a phone call, and uh, hey, this school is uh, half of their team is out uh, on quarantine. So oh no, wow! You know, so yeah. uh, again, it's an hour by hour situation. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're all pretty much day to day as it is, and this isn't yep. making it much better. So, That's for sure. um, so you know. Uh, the Gales have, have had some success, like you mentioned, over the course of the last, you know, eight years or so where they've been in the tournament, I think, what is it, five or six out of the last eight years, uh, a great showing for a mid-major, obviously. And now, you know, I, I, it's safe to say that my listeners are very familiar with Rick Pitino in, the, in this area, seeing that he started, well, his second real job was, was at BU, uh, you know, and then obviously his success with Kentucky all the way up until when he ruined the Celtics. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering how the school feels about his past because obviously we know about his time at Louisville and how, if you look at his, his record, that technically doesn't exist. Uh, so I'm curious if the school has had any sort of reservations in terms of bringing him in, in case some, because as far as I know, there's still some uh, investigation going on. So I don't know if he's going to face any additional penalties, but I, I, I'm curious as to, you know, anything that you might know about uh, well, the school and how they feel about it. Well, from what I know, and again, I, I really, you know, not being on campus and not sure. actually being an employee of my own yeah. college, uh, mm -hmm. I, I really don't get into that part of it yeah. uh, that much. I, I, I do know, uh, that the uh, the new the new president of Iona College and Rick Pitino had known each other uh, mm -hmm. way way back, and uh, they were friends and they connected. And uh, from let me let me just say this, Dave. You know, from what I know about the people at Iona College, mm -hmm. you know, from the president down to the athletic director Matt Klavoski, and and all of the people involved. I don't think they would have hired Rick Pitino if, if, if there were something, you know, some, something that could explode in their faces down. Right. Home. Right. So, uh, you know, I have every confidence uh, that, uh, you know, that it's, it's going to go well. Mm -hmm. He's claiming that this is going to be his last job. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to coach at Iona and, 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 and do what he can do and then, and then step aside. So yeah. I don't think, uh, he's using it as a stepping stone, as many coaches do uh, at mid-major. Uh, right. Exactly. Sure. And honestly, look, the guy can, coaches pants off he's a tremendous coach and I, I know of Iona looking at the current roster there are there were some names on there that I recognize as being top recruits at one point over the course of the last couple of years and then he has some international players uh, on the club is this sort of a something that that Iona is known for attracting these international kids uh, there have been uh, many international kids uh, over yeah. the years. Yes, yes, and Iona was always known for under under Tim Clouse. Uh Tim Tim had the uh, the ability of of finding a kid uh, 
that just for one reason or another uh, had had a had a problem at one school or two schools or three schools, mm. and he would bring them in, and 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 he had an uncanny ability, uh, you know, to work with that kid, you know, kids with issues, and 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 turn them into productive uh, students yeah. and players, and now you know now people in 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 the uh, in our society, mm. uh, and it's interesting you mentioned the international uh, uh, part of it because there's a young man from Holland on the team. Uh, a young man named uh, Dylan Van Eyck, who I happened to get friendly with last year. Very, very nice kid. Oh, nice. He had his family come in. He introduced yeah. me to his family. And uh, early on in practice, I, I guess uh, Coach Patino was putting in some kind of an international uh, uh, defensive scheme or whatever. And he, mm. he made it a point in the paper to say, Dylan uh, is the only one right now that understands it, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I got a kick out of that. I, yeah. I can't wait to see him. Uh, uh, you know, uh, next next week, and I, I've already told him. You know, at the end of the season, you know, I want to I want to take him out for dinner, and just uh, he's just very very interesting kid. And you know, we we can't even we can't even do that uh, during during the season or or before they graduate. You know, right. I, I don't want to get into the NCAA. Uh, oh no! But listen, uh, that is know, a there, that's a sore was, sore subject around here. Uh, the NCAA. There, there, there was another player several years ago. Uh, I, I won't mention his name, but I, I got f- friendly with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he had a child, and I uh, you know I went out and I I bought a twenty five dollar teddy bear for him to give to yeah. his, his, his newborn, yeah. and I was oh no no you can't do that uh, you know it'll be oh, it'll be as a gift and you know I just shrugged my shoulders and <laughs> you know just this this seems kind of ridiculous. I'll but, never understand it, Rich. Honestly, I will never understand the NCAA as a whole. Uh, the way that they do business and the fact that they were tax exempt for so long. And uh, it's just one of these things that I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah. I'm with you, Dave. I'm with you. So being uh, where you live and then knowing your nephew, I'm going to assume that you're a Yankee fan. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? I I am a diehard big Yankee fan. Uh, There are times when I have to have friends come over here and uh, hide all of my sharp objects. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I say I was a Yankee fan and, uh, and I, I, I know Dave is as well. Uh, yeah. We we just have one big disagreement uh, 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 at, at this particular time. He mm-hmm. he loves Alex Rodriguez. I think Alex Rodriguez. Uh, not only do I think he's a poor uh, announcer on on TV, yeah. I, yeah. he never shuts up. But I just think he's one of the stupidest guys uh, ever to put on a baseball uniform. One of the, you know one of these guys in, in that particular era, uh, who, you know. It, they didn't need to do what they did to achieve how, you know, what they eventually did, Exactly. but they chose to do it anyway. Um, and look, I, I really have no qualms with, with performance enhancing and, and it's either look, either you, everybody does it or nobody does it. There shouldn't be an, an in-between. However, that particular guy, the way that he went about defending himself for so long, uh, and then ultimately lost a year uh, of his career is just, uh, you know, it, it bananas to me. The oh. guy wasn't a, I never felt as a Red Sox fan, I never thought that Alex Rodriguez was an actual Yankee ever. Uh, you know, it, to me, when I think of the Yankees, there's a mystique there as much as I hate them. There's the mystique there. There's the history and, you know, at growing up and what, one of my favorite players as, as a kid uh, was Don Mattingly because, oh. you know, they, 
you know, completely non-threatening teams at the time, but poor Don Manningly. The guy was great. I loved the guy. Um, but that, when I think Yankee, I think Don Manningly. That's where I... On baseball. Yeah, exactly. So I have two numbers on my license plate, seven and 23, uh, seven yeah. for Mantle and 23 for Mattingly. No, I just, <laughs> you know, just getting back to A-Rod, I, I, I just think he could have been the greatest baseball player the ever, history. ever, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and now I, I, I think uh, Robinson Cano's career. Uh, oh, I... ruined be- uh, mainly because of his association. Uh, Robinson Cano, first of all, could have been the next Derek Jeter. Uh, in, 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 in with the Yankees and with New York. He chose to go to Seattle. He took the money and ran. Okay, fine. Yeah. But uh, he, 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 he could have he aligned himself with people like Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Jorge Posada, great players, great citizens. Instead, he, uh, he befriended uh, Alex Rodriguez. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think that, that just sums it up. And it's a tragedy because the guy's a great player, but I, his career is over. He'll never reach 3,000 hits. No. And uh, just, he, just, just honestly, he was he was one of those guys that was uh, really uh, a path to the Hall of Fame. Um, all he had to do was you know keep his nose clean for two more years, and he would have got there. Would have been fine. Well, uh, again, well. and if if he had stayed with the Yankees, uh, again, in, in in a city like New York, a, yeah. a big Hispanic population in the Bronx. He, he could have been the next, uh, you know, uh, face of the Yankees for, for so many more years. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, look, he wanted to take the money. I, I, I can't blame him for that. Oh, go no. to Seattle. Oh, no. uh, I mean, who, who knows what's going on in Seattle, you know, uh, West Coast. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I, I think, you know, as a big baseball fan, I, I, I think it's a, a real shame. To me, the best player in the game is, is Mike Trout. Mm. And, and who gets to see him play? Uh, Nobody. Yeah, Nobody. Yeah, it's it's just it's a, it, it comes to New York. Well, imagine if he played in New York uh, mm. or even Chicago. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but it, it's it, it, it's a shame. I mean, the, let's face it. The East Coast is the is the media capital of the world, and uh, it's not his fault that he was drafted by the Angels. You know, the Yankees were the next one in line. Yeah. That year, the Yankees yep. uh, they thought they had him because uh, mm. he's a, he's from Southern New Jersey, yeah. and somehow the Angels uh, they they did their homework, they did their scouting. And they swooped in and picked him fifth, and the Yankees uh, were left uh, holding an empty bag. Who did they pick after him? I, I, Any idea? I, I don't remember. I don't I'm going to have to look that up because now I'm curious. I don't think I don't think I want to know that, Dave. <laughs> well, I think I want to know it just for my own personal yeah, curiosity. Yeah. But um, all right, you know, as I as I started out saying. Um, you know, having interesting people on the show is something that I'm, I'm hoping to do and do more of. So uh, all you've managed to do here, Rich, today is elevate the uh, the maturity of the program uh, six, seven notches or so. Oh, wow. Usually I'm just spewing nonsense and cursing too much and complaining about crap. So uh, this, was a, this was a fascinating conversation. Thank you so very much. Uh, I'm incredibly disappointed that you're both a Yankee fan and a Manchester United fan, but uh, I can look some, past those have things. Some faults, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. But uh, thank you so very much for taking the time to to talk to me. I will probably uh, I will reach out to Dave and I'll let him know when I'm able to get this up on the show. It might not be this week, but maybe next. Okay. Uh, but what we'll do is make sure that you're able to to hear this and some of my garbage. Um, before and after as well. So I will be a regular listener, Dave. Absolutely. Thank you for those. Tell your friends. Thank you for those kind words. And it was an absolute pleasure uh, being with you uh, this evening.
the Angels um, took Mike Trout with a compensation pick in the 2009 draft that they got from the Yankees when the Yankees signed Mark Teixeira during free agency. Shrewd move, Mr. Cashman. Uh, is a, a good ball player, likely be one of these guys that gets more than a handful of Hall of Fame votes when he's eligible next year, but he's a long way from Mike Trout. Like Mark Teixeira's claim to fame was that he managed to manipulate um, the owners to the tune of uh, over $200 million over the course of his 13-year career. That's a lot of fucking dough. A lot of dough. Um, so, yeah. The Yankees ended up taking some kid, Slade Heathcott. That name sounds fake. Sounds entirely fake. He was the 29th pick, also supplemental, as the Yankees didn't sign their 2008 first-round draft pick, Garrett Cole. And isn't it ironic? Don't you think? All right, so it is uh, time for three gripes. And I'll be honest with you, uh, these are probably going to be way worse than last week. I had to dig... uh, Deep into the old list for at least a couple of these. Um, but we'll see. Last week's I weren't. I weren't. Oh, man. I hate when I can't fucking talk, you know? Ugh. Jesus, what the hell am I doing? Awful. Anyway. So, here we go. Gripe number one. You ever notice that there were a lot of uh, um, protruding nipples on network television? Men and women. Am I the only one who's noticed this? I am? Fuck. Well, gripe number two. Uh, Urinal etiquette. There should be rules posted on the wall um, at each urinal so that you're not an asshole. Very simple. Very reasonable. And quite frankly, needed. Okay? Rule number one, no talking. Rule number two, no touching. Rule number three, remember, you're there for literally one thing. This is not a place to hang out. Rule number four, keep your phone in your fucking pocket. Finally, rule number five, when you finish peeing, zip up, button up, whatever, and walk away. Standing there with your your hands on your hips, just hanging rat isn't needed. All you're doing is taking up valuable real estate. So do what you need to do. And leave. There are some things that uh, owners of these urinals need to remember as well. One, dividers are necessary. Peaking should never be tolerated. 
if you don't have enough fucking space in your bathroom to put a divider between your urinals, you need to reconsider your business model. Two, wash the fucking floor regularly. I came to actually leave piss in the bathroom, not walk out of here with it all over the bottom of my shoes. And number three, ice should not be used in place of cakes. That's fucking vile. Very simple. I'm not asking uh, to change the world here. I'm asking for a sliver of decorum on both sides from from the uh, the urinal user and the urinal owner. I don't think I'm asking much. Gripe number three. Why is it that now uh, there are uh, multiple subgenres of country music? I'll be upfront. I hate country music. I could count on one hand how many country artists are worth a damn. One hand, maybe two. Willie Nelson. Chris Christopherson, Dolly Parton, some other people. <laughs> Just shows how much I give a shit. Please don't say Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was not good, okay? Johnny Cash was, was good by association, all right? Johnny Cash. God. I never, I never fucking got the Johnny Cash thing. Like, good artist? Sure. Sure. Uh, like, anything beyond that? Uh, no. No. Like, he didn't sing. He talked. <laughs> that was it. I mean, at least Willie Nelson can kind of harmonize a little bit. Um, but do we really need all of this shit at this point? Like back in the day, we had uh, country, bluegrass, gospel country, and then there was the offshoot, the southern rock offshoot. However, it they, it wasn't country. It was just rock by guys who lived in Alabama. Now we've got country, bluegrass, gospel country. And then some other shit. Alt country. What? Pop country. Bro country. Something called neo-traditional country. Why? 98% of this is fucking garbage. It, the general population eats it up like the sheep that they are. There was something on during halftime of the, the Washington-Dallas game Thanksgiving Day. And I, I still can't figure out what the fuck it was. It's almost as if the country suddenly had a, a surplus of banjo and, and fiddle players and they needed to stick them somewhere and poof. Here come a, a bunch of people with horrific, fucking stupid stage names and cheesy, repetitive backstories playing formulaic crap and making stacks of cash. Look, the masses are asses and this here is certifiable fucking proof. I'm I 
there are going to be certain times of my life as I grow older where, you know, my age will, uh, will, will, I don't know, come through. That's not the right, that's not the right term, but where my current knowledge of now, uh, prevents me from knowing certain things that are going on, such as whatever was being played at halftime of that football game. And the only, the only thing about it was there was a guy with a banjo, and there was probably a fiddle. I didn't see him. So the banjo guy, not the fiddle. All I know is it was terrible. It wasn't good music. But it, look, I, uh, I can't because I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the country music thing at all. Never have. I never will. If that makes me a, a, a grouchy, grumpy asshole, well, so be it. I don't understand. All, all I understand is that I'm complaining about urinals. But I also, I don't get country music. That's it for the show, folks. I, I told you those gripes weren't going to be great. But hopefully you listen to gripe number two and you consider that moving forward if if you have a penis, I guess. If you don't have a penis, I mean, look, you can use a urinal if you want. be kind of awkward, but at least you know the rules too, ladies. I say ladies as if it's not just a bunch of... It's not a fucking sword fight on, on the, uh, the listener rankings here. But that's it for the show. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. It is greatly appreciated. It would also be appreciated if you told your friends about the program. I'm going to have some interesting people on the program, like Rich Leaf, people you didn't know. People that, when you listen, oh, sounds like a nice guy. I'm supposed to have another guest, hopefully in in a couple of weeks, that I'm very excited to have on the show. Um... We shall see. Hopefully we can get that arranged. I think you'll enjoy that uh, conversation as well. I'm still reaching out to, to different people and getting rejected all over the place, but one of these days, something big's going to hit. And we're going to take this podcast straight to, like, number 6,242 on the iTunes charts, which is where I want to be. I have a Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod. I have an Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I haven't used very often. I have an email address, showmail, at complaintsandobservations.com. I also have a, a voicemail line that you can call in, 617-65-RIP-EM. 617-65-RIP-EM. Give me a call. Leave a voicemail. Do you have a complaint? I'm sure you do. Share it with the program. Uh, But that's it. Listen, until I talk to you again, take care of yourself. Take care of each other, please. Godspeed. Ta-ta.